Hello, hello, and welcome back. More messiness, more emptiness, decluttering. So sit back, take it all in, and decide what you're going to do. Thanks for being here. Self-care always comes first. In the past 24 hours, have you done everything you need to keep yourself well-fed, well-hydrated, well-rested, moved your body, whatever amount is right for you, had the right amount of conversation and company? Have you done the things you need to keep yourself in balance? If there's something you need to do or stop doing, Please just turn off this tape and come back whenever you're ready. Thank you. For the last few episodes recently, we've been looking at the work we've been doing in the sanctuary with removing items, putting them on a list, figuring out what's the main reason why we are keeping the thing one at a time. And then we dove into our reasons one at a time. And we've been coming up with challenge questions to see if those reasons are really true for us. So the heart of the matter is to get at the truth underlying why you're keeping something. You may have to ask yourself five or six times, is this really true? What is the truth? What is the truth? So for example, I'm keeping a, a folder of plans for a project my dad worked on and my dad died in 2010. So you can see this is not a new file. I've had this for a while. So why am I keeping it? Well, the reason is sentimental. I like anything that attaches me to my dad. Is that the truth? Well, sort of. <laughs> why am I keeping it? Uh, beyond that it simply attaches me to my dad. I'm keeping it because I feel I haven't done a good enough job of looking in and understanding what's in there. Is that the truth? Sort of. I feel I haven't perhaps properly said goodbye to my dad. I still have a lot of his things around. So is that the truth? Maybe. It's at least it's pointing me in a direction that says it's not about the thing. It's about the relationship with my dad and my desire, I think, to, to continue that. So he's been gone, you know, long enough that I now know what it's like to live without him. In the first few years, I didn't know that. And, you know, I still, and I think we all, you know, miss people forever and we think of them. But I hope if this is the case with you, I hope that you experience some mellowing of that 
initial horrible loss to the point where we regain our equilibrium and can think about how blessed we were to have those people in our lives and the good things about it. I think that's how we preserve our sanity and how we remain positive for the people who come after us. Because just as we're looking at the loss of the people ahead of us, we are also providing the comfort and the continuity for the people behind us. So we do have these different roles. So is it, you know, my things with my dad, is it that I don't want to step into a different role? Not really. I don't mind. So then, you know, is part of the truth just that I feel overwhelmed because there's so much stuff? And that is partly true too. So how can I approach this? Well, I, I believe I can approach it literally one thing at a time, like we've been doing with the sanctuary. We've been looking at even at the level of one paper at a time. And for me, now this may be very different for you, but I'm hoping you can draw a lesson from this. For me, I can see a clear creative path to dealing with these particular files about this project. Because I think that if I look at the papers closely and use them as material for writing, not particularly a story, not something I need to publish, not something I need to share, but a personal memoir or a personal um, just sketch of a, of a memory, um, I think that could do the trick. I think these these papers in his file are the evidence or the raw material that will help me write that story. But once the story is written, I think the job will be done and the papers can be disposed of without any regret. No more unfinished work. So I feel like the unfinished work for me is to understand and tell that story, even if I'm only telling it to myself understand, tell it, and move on. And this is part of a much larger piece of work that I think we all, well, it's dangerous to say all, but I think we are, we are kind of programmed to come to at a certain point in our lives. And it's the point where if we're lucky enough to live long enough, we have the opportunity to synthesize our memories, our history, and our stuff into what I would call a story, a narrative, a telling, but it doesn't have to be in words. For some people, this may feel better as a drawing. For other people, it may feel better as something quite... Um, logical, like an inventory, or a, a ledger of what I had, what I did with it, uh, you know, things no longer here, but there's a record of them. And for some of us, it may be, and maybe this is true for all of us, it may be that what we really would find most creative and satisfying is the performance of a ritual. I've had some really interesting conversations with other women in my age bracket, um, just about these whole concepts of synthesizing what we've experienced and making sense of it 
and creating what we are called upon to create, which does not mean a masterpiece. It might be as simple as baking a cake. You know, it's it's an act, a ritual, a performance. There are so many ways we could um, bring bring a fulfillment to this desire. So yesterday, I was speaking about something you know quite um, quite different in its nature, which was about the fallacies around keeping things because of money. And today I'm talking about something quite philosophical about um, synthesizing the experiences. But the money aspect and the beautiful and the useful and the sentimental, those are all aspects of our life experience, where, where we have been, what we have done, what we have seen, how it's affected us. Those are all really valuable parts of a life. And the job of decluttering the physical stuff can be the creative act of synthesizing the evidence, the physical material evidence of a, a life or perhaps other people's lives as well. For me with my dad, the synthesis is about my feelings about my dad, but the facts are things that he did, not that I did. It's evidence of stuff he did that I'm now, you know, going to look at, process, and let go of. Does this have a practical value for you? I hope so, and I'm trying to connect the dots. <laughs> the dots are, you know, pieces of memory, pieces of history, objects. What does it all mean and how can I use this understanding to make my life today more comfortable and fulfilled? How can I? Well, at the heart of this is understanding what the truth is. You know, in my case, I loved my dad very much. I know he loved me. He loved all his children. And I know that he's gone. I know that he had, you know, an interesting life, as we all do. I know there are some parts of it that kind of encapsulate exciting moments or challenging moments for him. These are all true things. There's nothing, you know, particularly contentious. So the truth of this file upstairs that is waiting to be moved on is that I feel I do want to commemorate my dad and understand more of what he went through. Balanced with, I would like to live my own life. I'm not trying to live his life. I want to understand, record, because I like to write. That's a natural outlet for me. I want to do that, but in service of decluttering as well. It's hard to say which is the chicken and which is the egg, but the result I want is less clutter. And I can get there by what accountants would call rolling up, just consolidating those papers, several files, you know, half a box full, consolidating them into a coherent story, if you 
want to say, I don't mean a fairy tale, but a coherent account, a coherent telling. And then I don't need to retain the physical object, the file itself. It has, you know, limited value in this circumstance. But it's valuable because it conveys information. Once I get the information out of it, it has much less unrealized value. I will have realized what's in there and then I can let go. So it is about digging for the truth. What is the truth of why I keep those files? Well, the truth is I have a sentimental attachment. And as I've just explained, thinking about it, pondering it, and kind of not pondering it, but planting the thought and just letting it percolate, has led me to recognize that there is a way I can say goodbye to those papers that I've held on for so long. There is a satisfying, coherent way. So I encourage you to start thinking about all the work you've done so far and how it can help you let go of things. I hope you find it uh, easy and uplifting and creative. Thanks so much for being here. I'll see you soon. Bye.